beloved. We are here to celebrate the greatest day in history, the day that changed the universe forever, the day that brought you into redemption with your Father God, into the fullness of Christ, the day that gave you a name above every other name, a day that rolled the stone away in your life. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for sending your only son, Jesus, who died, who was crucified, an excruciating death, who went to hell and captured, captured the yoke of sin and destroyed it for each and every one of us who would come to believe in your precious name. Thank you that our lives have been redeemed unto you because of the blood of Jesus. We praise you for it, Father. We praise you and we thank you. We glorify your mighty name. We glorify you in Jesus' mighty name. Well, beloved, I was, you know, just seeking the Lord this week about what he wanted us to share on this, the most magnificent day in all of history, the day that changed everything for every one of us forever. And so as I went to him, I, he spoke to me, and he spoke to my heart, and he said, the stone has been rolled away. The stone has been rolled away. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The stone has been rolled away. So we're going to go to Matthew 28, verse 1 through 7, verses 1 through 7. And what we're going to be comprehending, realizing today is that God has removed every yoke of bondage, every burden, the authority of every burden that we will ever have here on this earth when he rolled the stone away. Thank you, Lord. And when he brought Jesus out of the tomb. Matthew 28, 1. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is not here. He is risen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He is risen. Hallelujah. That, you know what that means? That means victory for you. Victory for me. Victory for us in our everyday lives. We do not have to clean ourselves up before we come to Jesus. We do not have to clean ourselves up before we come to Jesus. We are accepted into the beloved when we call on him. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you 
Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So anyway, when the Lord spoke to my heart and said, the stone was rolled away, in my lightning quick brain, you know, I was like, okay, Lord, you want us to talk about the stone, don't you? So we're going to go into that first. We're going to go and talk about the stone and what the stone signifies in each of our lives. You see, the stone, what the stone signifies is a heavy weight. What the stone signifies is a lack of peace. What the stone signifies is any obstruction in your life that is holding you back and keeping you from the plans of God or keeping you from understanding how much God loves you because God does love you unconditionally, irrevocably, eternally. No ifs, ands, or buts, whether you love him or not. So anyway, the stone signifies any heavy weight, anything that would cause you to stumble or hold you back from the abundant life that God has for you, from his peace, from his joy in your life. Anything that is holding you back from the fullness of Christ in your life. And the Lord showed me an example in the scripture of, of a stone. And he took me to Matthew 18, 6. And that's the example of the millstone. That's Matthew 18, 6. It says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. So you see what the millstone is there? The millstone is something that is causing you to feel as though you are drowning. Anything, anything in your life that would cause you to feel as though you are drowning and there's no way of escape, there's no way of rescue. And that's a lie from the devil. It would be a hindrance. So the, the stone signifies a hindrance, an obstacle, a weight, anything holding you down, anything oppressing you, something that makes you feel like you are drowning, weighing you down. You see, none of those emotions are from the Lord. Not a single one of them. If you feel like there is something that you've done in your life that is holding you down or weighing you down or keeping you out of the love or forgiveness of God, that is not from God. That is not from God. You are not put on this earth to punish yourself. You see, we go to the Lord with repentance, and he comes to us with forgiveness. So those feelings, those negative feelings, those are from the devil. Those are from the devil because our God is not a condemner. Our God is not a condemner. He's the lover of our souls. And so many, so many things in our lives, saints, we're the ones. We allow them to hold us back. That's not God pushing us away or God keeping his goodness from us. It's us not allowing the power of the resurrection, not allowing the victory of the cross, not allowing his redemption to come in and wash that stuff away. Because that's his full intent when we run to him. That's what he sent Jesus to do. So we allow those burdens, we allow those burdens to weigh us down. Even though, even though, this is the key, Jesus has already destroyed. 
of the devil in your life. The devil only has the authority we give him. That's it. The name of Jesus is above every other name. And so many things we allow, we, we, we just won't allow ourselves to be forgiven and accept the fullness, but we need to. Regret, unforgiveness, loneliness. You see, Christ won a victory for us. So Satan's intent is to destroy you. Satan's intent is to hold you in the tomb, the stone, to hold you back, to keep you sealed in prison. You know, Satan's not a nice guy. He just isn't. He is just not a nice guy. He doesn't care about you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to hold you in every tomb possible, and he wants to make it as secure as possible. But the thing is, he can't. He can't hold you there because he no longer has the authority because of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Matthew 27, 62 through 66. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver, see, they're calling Jesus a deceiver here, said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure. Satan wants to secure that tomb until the third day. He wants to make you believe, he wants to make everyone believe that you are in a situation from which you will never recover. Whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's forgiveness, unforgiveness, regret. He wants to make you feel like you are in a situation from which you will never recover, and that's a lie. That's a lie. He is the father of lies. He, he knows no other language, but you know what? We say to the devil, well, devil, you got another thing coming. You got another thing coming. Because I have a Jesus. I have a risen Lord. I have a resurrected Savior that already has ground you into the dust. You might as well just release your claim on me. Until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body. And tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. And believe me, it was no deception, but it was. The scripture says, but it was worse than what they, in other words, it defeated them. Because in, in uh, you know, that's what really happened, in other words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. He was raised from the dead. In, in 1 Corinthians 2.8, it said, if the rulers had known what was going to occur, they would not have crucified the Lord. Hallelujah. He's our victor. He's our winner. Verse 65. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. You see, Satan is trying to make the, the tomb in your life as secure as he knows how. But it's only as he knows how. He doesn't have the wisdom of the Lord. He doesn't have the victory of Jesus. He doesn't have the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he can't win. 
He can never win. As hard as he may try, he will never win. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? I think it's great news. Great news. Hallelujah. You see the tomb. The tomb is any attack of Satan, any plan of Satan, any strategy of Satan. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God has good plans for us. Plans to prosper us. Plans to help us. Plans for hope and for a future. You see, Satan will do all he can, but his power has been destroyed, limited, taken away. Taken away. Taken away. Stripped. He has been stripped of every authority in your life. So they went and made the tomb secure. Okay, now, we're going to pay attention to these three things. He went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone. So we've got a seal. We've got a stone. And posting the guard. A seal, a stone, and posting the guard. We've already talked about the stone. Okay? A guard. You know, a guard. We all know what a guard is. Satan guards his territory with lies, with the power of, you know, demon spirits. His strategies and his attempts against your life. We're going to look at a seal. So when I came to that word seal, the Lord showed me three examples in Scripture of how seals were used. We're going to go first to Esther 8.8. Esther 8.8. Now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews as seems best to you and seal it. Seal it with the king's signet ring. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. But Jesus is our revocation from sin. Jesus is our revocation from sin. But you see what the seal is for? It was to make it appear as though, it was to make it irrevocable. It was to make it irrevocable. That's what the seal did. It made it irrevocable. And Satan wants you to think that you're sealed with him. But Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus. That's the deal. But Jesus is already won by the resurrection. He broke it. He broke the power of the devil in your life. The second example. You know, Satan wants you to think that he has a contract on your life. But when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's got the contract. Jeremiah 32, 8 through 11. I knew that this was the word of the Lord. So I bought the field at Anaphoth from my cousin Hanamel and weighed out for him 17 shekels of silver. I signed and sealed the deed. I signed and sealed the deed. Remember that song? Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. Remember that? See, that's what Satan wants you to think. Signed, sealed, delivered. That's 
what he's looking for. He wants you to give in to that. He wants to, you to give in to the desperation of your situation or the discouragement. But you're, when you come to be a believer in Jesus Christ, you are signed, sealed, and delivered unto him and under his resurrection power, under his authority, and unto his, because of the blood, because of the blood that was shed for you, you are signed, sealed, delivered into a resurrection life, and nobody can steal it from you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus purchased you with his blood. He signed the deed to your life in his very own blood. And he took it. And he poured it out on the mercy seat in heaven for you. Mercy. Forgiveness. A love like no other. How can we ever thank you enough, Lord? How can we ever thank you enough? There is no expression of thanks or worship that is enough to thank you for the sacrifice and the unconditional love that you have provided for us. Praise you, Father. You see, he sealed you into acceptance by God. He sealed you into acceptance by the creator of the universe, the master, the almighty God. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are forever, forever, forever accepted into the beloved, into the loving arms of a good and kind and merciful God. You just come to him no matter what you've done, no matter what you think, you just lay it at the cross. You just lay it down. I'm laying it at the cross and I'm accepting your resurrection of every situation in my life. The devil wants you to punish yourself God wants you to receive his resurrection victory. That's what this is all about, saints. Anything, anything that's causing you stress or anxiety or fear or oppression or depression or regret, his love is more than enough. More than enough. Okay, the third example of the seal, Daniel 16 through 17. Daniel 6, sorry, Daniel 6, 16 through 17. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him in the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. God is your rescue. God is your rescue. He is your rescue. He loves you unconditionally. He is your rescue. He is your ever-present help in time of trouble. The world can be experiencing all the trouble it chooses to have. 
when he descended into hell and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave and was resurrected into glory at the right hand of the Father. And you, as a believer in Christ, are seated right there with him, heir, co-heir of every spiritual blessing in Christ. Think about that. That's big. That's big. We have a big, big gospel, saints. Big, 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 big gospel. Jesus sealed the deal so that you could live in resurrection glory here on earth. Here on earth. He purchased your life. Thank you, Jesus. You purchased my life. With your blood. And Satan no longer has any claim on me. Them shout grounds. Those are shouting grounds, eh? Hallelujah. He came. Jesus came. That we would have life more abundantly. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal. The thief comes to steal. With his lies and his torment and his destruction and darkness, he comes to steal. He comes to steal the word out of your life. He comes to steal the promises of God so that you won't believe in him. And kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The full. Everything that Jesus purchased for me. You see, there's a whole lot of living safe between getting saved and going to heaven. A whole lot of living. And you are intended to walk in the victory of the resurrection because of what Jesus did. And from here to when you go to heaven, there is a whole lot of resurrected life that he needs you to live. It's your duty, it's your responsibility to lead, to live here in the authority of Jesus Christ, in the power, by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, because that's the only way that you are going to get hurting people to know him and to know his love for them and take them to heaven. Yeah, you're meant to be saved and born again. That's awesome, but that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Just the beginning. We are meant to live a resurrected, victorious, overcoming, signed, sealed, delivered unto Jesus' life, the fullness of Christ, right here. Right here. When Jesus went to the tomb and he walked out, he came out to deliver us from every yoke of bondage that Satan could ever try to put on us. Isaiah 10, 27. In that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. What does that signify? The anointing. The anointing. The Holy Spirit anointing in your life. See, Jesus went and he sent back the Holy Spirit to be your guide, your comforter, your helper, your support, your wisdom. And because of that, the scripture says that we will do greater works than Jesus did. Wow, chew on that. 
Chew on that. John 20, 21 and 22. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. You know, no matter what you're going through, Jesus has peace for you. You just run to him and cling on. Just cling on. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. He breathed the breath of life, the breath, the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, guiding me, directing me in every situation. He gave us power, guidance, comfort. Praise you, Lord. So how do I know? How do I know that this abundant life is for me? Well, we just read that he came to give us abundant life, right? We just read that. But when we think about it, how do we know that? Because I know what the cross did. I know what the cross accomplished. For every single one of us. The cross of Jesus' resurrection, resurrection freed us from the bondage and from the curse of the law and from the effects of hell. Jesus brought heaven to earth when he came, right? He brought heaven to earth. That's our example. Matthew 6.10. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth, on earth, on earth. That's fullness of Christ, on earth, as it is in heaven. Anyone who believes in Christ has this as a promise. And the right, the right, the right, the inheritance to walk in every promise of God. All you got to do is just read this. Just read it. Be amazed. Goodness for you. He purchased your forgiveness. The cross purchased your forgiveness. Whoever should call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And his, sins shall be, his or her sins shall be forgiven. Mark 3, 28. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins. There is all, all, A-L-L, all, no limit. No limit. Nothing is too bad. You come back, you repent unto the Lord. He never remembers it. It's as far as the east is from the west. He forgets the sin. Quit reminding him of it. Psalm 86.5 You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call on you. You just call on the name of Jesus. You just call on him. No qualification, no, no limitations there. Acts 13.38 Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. It's proclaimed to you. Thank you, Lord, a free gift of his grace and mercy. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. Poured out for every single person. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In my book, that's abundant living. In this book, that's abundant living. That's resurrected life. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.19 says that to know his love 
that we should know his love, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's a big promise. Would you like to be filled with all the measure of all the fullness of God? Walk tall, saints. That's what he's got for you. Walk tall, beloved. Receive it. In the name of Jesus. Colossians 2, 9 through 10. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives. All the fullness of the deity lives. In bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. In Christ. Wow, what a gift. Obviously, he doesn't want you to live a shamed life. He doesn't want you to live a life where you're constantly punishing yourself for the mistakes that you've made. You see, that's what the devil wants you to do. Because if he can steal that promise of fullness from you, he can try to make you ineffective. He can try to steal the mission. But he can't. He can't. Because when you have Jesus, because of the blood, because of the resurrection, see, you cling to that. You cling to that. The fullness of Christ comes alive in you. And no matter what the devil throws at you, no matter what choices you make, and then the devil wants to say, well, if you hadn't done that, you know, if, if you did this, now you, you can't walk into the perfect plan of God. Liar. Liar. You see, Jesus' blood just didn't accomplish like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of the effects of that sin, but I can't really take care of the effects of it. It's too much for me. Uh-uh. Full redemption. Uh-uh. Full recovery. Full reconciliation. The fullness of Christ. That's our blessing. That's our gift. That's a resurrected life. Hallelujah. The cross and the resurrection redeem me into perfect relationship with God, my Father. And I'm not going to let anybody steal that from me. That's abundant life. That's what abundant life is. You see, we serve a God who only knows how to love us. You know what? You see, the biggest mistake that most people make in life, the biggest the biggest mistake, other, other than not receiving Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their lives, but really, truly, the biggest mistake that people make in life, in life is hanging on to their mistakes. The mistake of not letting go. The mistake of not really receiving everything that Jesus accomplished on his resurrection. And I hope today as we're going through this, that you really understand what the resurrection has done for you. It has brought you into perfect relationship with your Father. Communion. Walking within his everlasting arms of love. It's time to start loving yourselves the way that he loves you. You see, we, we have to do that. Think we have to do that. For his sake. He even says that in his scripture. We have to do it for his sake. 
because he has a whole lot to accomplish through you. He has a whole lot to accomplish through you. And if the devil can make you receive the lie, you see, it's like a dam, it's a stone. It's a stone trying to seal you in a tomb that you've already been, from which you've already been resurrected because of the blood of Jesus. We need to let go of our own imperfections. We need to let go of our own past mistakes so that we can move on to the victory that God needs us to walk in to fulfill his purposes and plans to reach others with the very message of redemption. The devil loves it when you refuse to receive what God has already done. So it's our task, it's our job, and it's so easily done when we rest in the arms of Jesus. It's so easily done. <clears throat> you see, it's our task to turn our trials into triumphs. He's already done it. We just need to receive it. We need to walk out of that spirit of condemnation or self-criticism or regret, fear, fear that he's not big enough to help you handle the situation, that he's not big enough to provide for you or heal you. You know, it's our job to turn that trial into triumph. It's our job. It's our by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's our job. It's our job to take the pain, to take the pain and turn it into a platform. Take the pain and turn it into a platform to proclaim God's love and victory and power and authority. Take the pain and turn it into a platform for Jesus proclaim the love of Jesus. To proclaim his goodness. To proclaim his kindness. To proclaim his love. To proclaim his mercy. To proclaim his victory. To proclaim his grace. To proclaim his forgiveness. If he can keep you in a tomb of unforgiveness, then you can't proclaim it. You can't proclaim forgiveness. And he needs you to do that. We have to take the pain and turn it into possibilities for God. We have to take the pain and turn it into possibility for God. Hand that pain over, saints. The world needs you to do that. How do we do it? With the power of the Holy Spirit, we roll the stone away. We roll the stone away. He already did it. We accept it. We accept it. We accept what he's done and we refuse to believe Satan's lies anymore. I want you to proclaim right now, if this is touching your heart, you proclaim right now, this is my resurrection day. This is my resurrection day. This is the day that I receive the fact that the stone has been rolled away and Satan will no longer hold me in bondage. He has no authority because of the name of Jesus. And the blood that washed me clean as snow, white as snow, pure and clean. We're going to roll it away just like the angel did. Matthew 28, 2, there
in Jesus. End the struggle today. End the struggle. Isaiah 43, 16 through 21. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished. That is what Christ has accomplished for you. Extinguishing the effects of sin. Snuffed out like a wick. That's what God's influence has done for us. That's how he has defeated Satan. Snuffed out like a wick. Quit lighting the fire by reminding yourself of everything you've ever done wrong. Or, or, or where you're sitting where you see that there's not supposedly a need met. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See? I am doing a new thing. That's what the resurrection accomplished. A new thing. A new thing. A new thing. God brings beauty out of the ashes if we allow him to. If we allow him to. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Do you feel like you're going through the wilderness? Do you feel like you're in the wasteland? You're not. You're not. When you believe on Jesus, he will provide refreshing. He will provide water. He will turn it into a garden of Eden if you let him. you need refreshing today, you run to Jesus. Because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. My chosen. Do you know it does not make you unchosen when you make a mistake in your life? Do you know that? It's not like you're chosen and then all of a sudden you make a mistake and you're unchosen. You're chosen because you believe on Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The people I form for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. We are here to hand it over to God so that we can turn our pain into praise. See, the devil doesn't want you praising Jesus. He loses then. He loses then. He doesn't want to lose. He's a sore loser. But he's already lost. That's the funny thing about it all. And we allow Jesus to turn our pain into praise, pain into thanksgiving, giving him glory and honor, allowing him to work the victory so that we can be a demonstration and a witness of his love to others that need it. You see, your victory and you proclaiming your victory brings praise to God and it brings other people, it brings other people into the bosom of his love. The safest place that any of us will ever be in the bosom of God's love, accepted, accepted into the beloved. The resurrection of Jesus gave you the power to defeat 
every enemy of God. And the awesome, awesome privilege. What an awesome privilege to share the power of his love. No greater privilege. No greater privilege here on earth than to share the power of God's love. Saints, that when you share the power of God's love, it helps people defeat the ghosts in their lives. It helps people defeat the ghosts in their lives and roll their stones away. You want to roll their stones away. The power of God, the love that changed the world, the love that changed the world, the love of God changed the world on Resurrection Day. And that's what we're celebrating today. It gave you the power, resurrection, gave you the power to defeat every enemy of God in your life. You see, if we walk around in the defeat and the oppression, I mean, who's drawn to that? No, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't work. <laughs> if we walk around in unforgiveness of ourselves and we walk around in unforgiveness of others, don't we see what Christ's resurrection is accomplished? That's not appealing. It's damaging to you and it's damaging to, it's damaging to others. It's damaging to others. You see, you have a treasure and the world needs to see it. And the Satan just wants you to keep it all locked up inside. So we roll the stone away. We roll the stone away. Jesus has rolled our stone away. We refuse to stay shut in behind the stone. We refuse it. We refuse it. Hallelujah. We walk out of the tomb of unforgiveness. We walk toward ourselves and toward others. And we walk into the love and the mercy and the grace of God. It's that simple. We choose life in the fullness of Christ, in the fullness of the resurrection instead of the death and the destruction that Satan has planned for us. Jesus purchased heaven on earth, heaven on earth, heaven on earth, right here in the here and now. I would have fainted had I not believed that I could see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Colossians 2, verse 6 through 15. So then, just as you receive Christ, Jesus is Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Honor him, bless him, worship him. Rooted, rooted, and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith. How do you continue? How do you continue? How do you do that? You read the word, you meditate on the word, you speak the word, speak the word. When you speak the word, it gets down even... It gets down into your spirit. It makes you strong. It builds your faith. Cast out every evil imagination that resolves itself against the mighty word of God. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thankfulness. Be thankful, saints. There's... No greater healing salve sometimes than just being thankful for what you've been given. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world. The thoughts of the world, the ways of the world, the carnal thinking, the seeking after pleasure, carnally, 
in Christ, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you, 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 you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. It is a supernatural work in you. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off. So don't receive it back. Don't receive the lies. Don't let, the, don't let Satan tell you that you're ruled by the flesh. You're not. When you become a believer in Christ, it's the Holy Spirit doing a mighty work in you that enables you to be strong in the moment of weakness. He's, he's strong in our weakness. Was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him, raised with him, through your faith in the working of God. You've got to believe in the resurrection. You've got to believe in what it accomplished. You've got to believe in what the blood did. You've got to believe in what his broken body that for which it was sacrificed. Through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Believe in him and that he is for you and that you walk in resurrection life here. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. Say that, say that. I am alive in Christ. He forgave all your sins. Why don't you do the same? Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. If you are going to accept the condemnation of the devil in your life, you are not accepting. You are blaspheming. You are making ineffective what God has done and you don't need to do it. It's not a path that God ever designed for a believer. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public of them, triumphing over them. Thank you, Jesus! Triumphing over them by the cross. Shout! 
of Christ. He has designed you to walk in love and in his mercy and his peace and his grace and his forgiveness. He has designed you to walk in all the power of Christ. You're an overcomer through him. You're an overcomer through him. And overcoming, triumphant, Christ fullness, life. That's his plan for you. Hallelujah. That's what the resurrection purchased. And that's why Easter is the joy. That's why Easter is our joy. The celebration of the resurrection. It is the joy of the sons and daughters of the sons and daughters of God because of our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. So now today, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're going we're gonna to do that right now. You can receive this kind of life. You can receive resurrection power. Resurrection, life, forgiveness, love and mercy and grace. It's all there for you. If you've walked away from Christ or if you think he's done something that he's ashamed of you for, uh-uh, that's a lie of the devil. That's just to keep you running away. You see, he took the prodigal son back. It was the prodigal son that walked away. He was always loved by the father. Always. 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 The prodigal son was always loved of the father. So if you need to take this time to come back to him and say, I receive your love and your mercy and your forgiveness, we're going to do that. Dear Lord, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he is the Son of God, resurrected into glory for the forgiveness of my sins. I come to you, I might have turned away, but I come back to you now today, Lord. I dedicate my life anew to you. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. I lay it down before you, I repent of my sin, and I thank you that you wash me clean as snow. I thank you that you fill me with the Holy Spirit and empower me to walk in your ways. And I thank you for the resurrection which brings me into the victory of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. If you prayed that prayer, let me know somehow, and I'll get you some literature or whatever. You can go to rivercity.us or our Facebook page or, you know, something. And we're going to take communion today, too. So I ask people to bring in the cars out there to bring their communion elements. And um, we're going to do that. For that, we're going to go to Luke. We're going to go to Luke 22, actually. And we're going to go to verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you.
gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, which was poured out for you. So here's what we're going to do, saints. And we have open communion here. And if you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, no, don't let the devil lie to you and say, well, I haven't been a Christian long enough, I can't take communion. We have open communion. So it says right here, we're going to take the bread. It says, let me get mine. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. See, his body was broken for you. Take it and eat. Then he said, this is the cup. We're going to take the cup. Or whatever you have with you. This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. He poured his blood out for you, that you could receive all the fullness of Christ and resurrected life. So go ahead and take the cup. Hallelujah. And last of all, I'm going to take an offering. You want to go to for the offering? You want to go to 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to read verses 6 through 11. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound to every good work. You will abound to every good work. That means you, he's going to bless you, right? So that you can. As it is written, he has scattered abroad the gifts of the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, he who ministers seed to the sower and bread for food will also minister and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you increase the harvest of their righteousness. You see, God is a sower. He sowed Jesus, the seed of the word. He sowed it into our lives. And every seed that we sow... He has promised to increase the harvest. So I thank you right now that as these people sow their seed today, Lord, that they are sowing into good ground, that it goes forth in the ministry of your word, your will, your love, your compassion, your mission to disciple and to reach the lost. I thank you that you will supply abundantly more than they can ever ask or imagine as you bless their seed. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you're giving online, you can go to rivercity.us 
and hit the donate button, or you can mail to P.O. Box 1577, Washington, Missouri. So now I'm going to pray over you. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come into your kingdom today. I thank you that you bless them. I thank you that they are blessed. I thank you that they get into the word and that they discover the resurrection life that you have for them. And I pray health and blessing and protection over every person, Lord. I thank you that you are for them and not against them. I thank you that your great love ushers them in to the understanding of your great love for them, ushers them into new revelation and the, the ability, the understanding to walk in your victory and the fullness of Christ in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.